Welcome to the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich, financial advisor and retirement income certified professional with RBC Wealth Management. Join us as we share the tools and insight that can help you take control of your money and your life. Because we believe life's greatest returns are realized when you invest beyond your money. Welcome back to the Beyond Your Money podcast with Mike Dukovich of RBC Wealth Management. I'm Patrice Sikora. Many financial advisors are generalists, but not Mike. He has two specific kinds of clients with whom he works best. So, of course, I have to ask, Mike, who are these people? Well, this has been a very natural progression of, of my practice, and so I can't really explain how I came into this, but there's really two main client segments that I tend to find that I work well with, and that's young professionals and retirees. Those are the two main groups. All right, so now let's look at these segments and, and break them down a little bit. The young professionals, how did they come into your focus? Well, so I, I guess this is just naturally, these are the same people that I tend to be friends with, tend to be colleagues with, that, that I tend to socialize with. These are people that are typically ages, we'll call it 30 to 55. These are people that I have a lot of the same interests with. And, and inherently, I also have a lot of the same problems and, and issues that they do. And so these people just naturally find me. They obviously know what I do. And so when these problems come up or these needs come up, I'm usually the first one that they call. And when I talk about these similar problems or these similar needs, okay, because I'm intimately familiar with those issues, because I have had to deal with them personally, I can obviously help them. And we've talked about some of these in past podcasts. We'll talk about them again in future podcasts in more detail, but let's just run through with some of those problems. Mm -hmm. Cash flow and debt management, you know, that's a big one, right? With, with young professionals, as they're progressing through their career, they tend to make more money over time. And that affords them the ability and the flexibility to do different things. And so I always tell a prospective client, you know, when you realize that you are now in an area of life, a level of income where you don't have to worry or, or be month to month anymore, you now have the ability to start saving. And, and there's there's kind of a sequence of savings that I that I always recommend. Right. And this in and of itself will be a future podcast show. Well, briefly but, tell me about that sequence. Absolutely. So when you have that extra dollar, the first thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that your emergency bucket is filled up. And that that number, you know, we would talk about that with a with a prospect, but that number can be different from family to family. But that's really the first thing. You want to make sure that you have that rainy day fund. I call it the emergency account, ready to go if something crazy were to happen. Beyond that, then you start, uh, basically, you think of it as a bucket. Once that bucket is full, it overflows into the next bucket. And that would be taking advantage of whatever type of retirement plan you might have at work if there is a match. The number one thing that I see, the number one problem that I see with young professionals that are just starting out with their 401k or their 403b or their retirement plan at work is not taking advantage of that employee match. Mm -hmm. And it's free money, right? You got to think about it like that. If you have to put in a certain percentage of your own money in order to get their match, you have to do it. You know, a typical match would be, let's just say 3% from the employer if you put in 3% of your own money. And so if you think about it logically, you put in 3%, you get another 3%, guess what? That is an instant 100% return of your money. You can't get that anywhere else. I was going to say, so you, you can't get you, that in the stock market, that's for sure. <laughs> no way, with no risk. <laughs> right, right, right. So- so you can't leave that on the table. You have to take advantage of that. 
Now, once you capture that full employer match, then you can start looking at other things. With a, with a young professional, typically I start looking at what are called non-qualified accounts. These are individual accounts or joint accounts that you can put money in and, and invest in. The reason why I, I like going to this bucket next is because it provides liquidity if you need it. You know, a lot of young families, they're not set in stone where they're going to live or what their family makeup is going to look like. And so it probably makes sense to have some money liquid if you need to buy a new house or if you have another child or if, if jobs change or things like that. And the money that you've put in your, into your retirement account, you don't want to touch. You want to consider that kind of radioactive because if you take it out early, you know, you could, you could be penalized. However, this non-qualified bucket that you're filling up, you can get your money working. You can invest it and, you know, have it grow over time, hopefully, right? But you can also get to it if you needed it. And so that liquidity becomes very important for young professionals. Now, once you've filled that bucket to an appropriate level, then we can start looking at maxing out your retirement accounts at work. We can start looking at other types of accounts like 529 plans, college savings, or, or you know, other types of vehicles that have specific goals in mind. And, and, and you know, the sequence of savings is something that we would address with all of the young professionals. Okay, right. But it starts with that emergency bucket. Absolutely. You want okay. to make sure you have that filled first and foremost, because again, you, you never know what's going to come down the pipe. Right. Okay. And then you said college savings, but they seem to be at the end. What other things should young families be looking at? Yeah. So, so with college, with uh, babies and, and births, you know, 529 plans are something that I talk about a lot with my young professionals. Sometimes something called an UTMA or an UGMA comes up. That's a custodial account. And, and really it just all boils down to what the parent wants to do. A lot of parents want to put money away for their child. Some parents feel very strongly that it's for qualified education, whether it's college or, or private school or something along those lines. Other parents feel very strongly that it's for anything. And so my job with those young professionals is to figure out, okay, you want to give money to your child. How do you want them to use it down the line? And, and when might that be? And then from there, we can figure out what type of account to, to set up and fund. All right. What, what about something like insurance? This is also one of the big problems that I see with my, with my young professionals that I tend to address right out of the gate. And that's risk management, basically. What happens if something bad were to happen to you in the near term, right? If you're, if you're younger, you probably have young children. So we want to make sure that if something were to happen to you, that there's term insurance in place that would provide for that loss of income or perhaps debts that need to be paid off. Uh, we would also look at things like disability. So, you know, a lot of my young professionals, if, if they get hurt and can't go into the office or can't work, can't perform their duties, they don't get paid. And so we want to make sure that they have enough disability coverage so that God forbid, if something were to happen and they're, you know, on the shelf for a while, that uh, money's coming in to supplement the income and to, to help support the family. So that risk management is a, is a key factor with my young professionals. As they're building up their wealth and their savings, what about, and you said they, they're already looking ahead to save for colleges, but what about for themselves and for their family going forward, estate planning? So estate planning is something no one likes to talk about, but this is something that I bring up with the young professionals. Estate planning basically puts a plan into place for if and when something were to happen to you. And, and so for young professionals, these are you know typically just basic documents, a will, a power of attorney, a living will. And, and we'll actually, one of our next shows, I'm going to be interviewing a, an estate attorney to talk about that in detail, what these people should have and what you should think about. 
for young families who have young children, we might also consider some trust language or creating trusts inside of that estate plan. And the reason you might want to do that is because God forbid something were to happen to you and, and you have some assets or some life insurance that gets paid to the, to the beneficiary, to the child. You don't want that child probably to, to have that lump sum of money, especially at a young age. And so these trusts are basically ways for you to create guidelines and restrictions and put handcuffs on that money from the grave. You create your plan, you create the trustees who are in charge of it, uh, and you create basically the sequence of distributions going to your child based off of your wishes while you're alive. Okay, so that's very important. Uh, the estate planning concept is very important. I bring it up with all of the young professionals. And you keep saying young professionals. What type of professions are you talking about? So when I look at my practice, I see a lot of consultants. Naturally, that's just kind of a, they refer well, right? To be honest with you. So, you know, yeah. if you get one or two consultants and they see the value in what you do, they understand it. And so they're, they're happily, you know, referring me to other colleagues. I have a lot of people in, in medicine, surgeons, optometrists, dentists. Again, these people really just value the advice. They value the relationship. And so I have quite a few of them have uh, several people in the banking industry, a lot of educators, whether it's, you know, elementary or high school teachers or professionals or, or you know, college mm -hmm. professors. I have a lot of people in IT. Pittsburgh has been a, a boom in the IT world. And so I have a lot of clients that uh, have come from that industry. And, and then, you know, a lot of small business owners as well. And, and, and with those folks, obviously, we have the personal side that I help with, but I can also help small businesses with their retirement plans and, and helping them help their employees. So while you're still saying young professionals, that's pretty broad in the definition there. You've got a lot of different kinds of people. Absolutely. That's the goal, right? I, I like to have a very diverse group of clients, but if you think about it, even though these people have, they obviously have different jobs, they have different interests, they have different just ways of doing business. They all have similar issues, similar goals, right? And, and so I can, I can really help all of them individually. All right. So you jump from young professionals to the, end, the other end of the spectrum there, the retirees. Yeah. Why, yeah. why that Why that quantum leap? So, sure. So again, this has just been a natural progression, but this the second segment, when I look at my practice, this is kind of, I guess, a natural segment for most advisors, right? There, there are thousands of baby boomers retiring every day. And I recognize that early in my career. I recognize the need to be a, an expert with retirees early in my career. And so that's why I spent a lot of time specializing in retirement income and getting my RICP, my retirement income certified professional. And, and with that designation and that training, I'm able to recognize and address all of the unique situations and the unique problems and the unique risks that are associated with entering retirement, with now spending your money, okay? Because ultimately the spend down phase is entirely different than what I call the accumulation phase, where, where you're just working and you're saving and you're growing your money, ideally, right? The spend down phase can be a scary story. You've amassed this money and this nest egg, and now you have to spend it wisely so that it lasts as long as you do. And so there's a lot of worry and concern that goes along with that. And uh, again, I recognized that early and made, made uh, it a point to become an expert in that field. And I would kind of assume that's got to mean a change in attitude, too. If all your life you've been accumulating and saving, doing that 180 and saying, okay, now I have to spend this. How do you address that? 
It's uh, for some people, it's easy. You know, they kind of see the numbers and they know that it's going to work and they trust the plan. And so, you know, we can just basically turn on the spigot. For others, it's terrifying. There's just really no other ways of putting it. You know, they, they have come to the realization that they're no longer going to work or that they can't work. And now they have this bucket of money that they have to make last forever. And so a lot of this comes down to just trusting the plan. There's a lot of work a lot of uh, research, a lot of analyses, a lot of, a lot of things that go into figuring out the retirement income plan. And so long as the client believes in it, believes in the approach and the process, we can, uh, we can typically get them a little more comfortable with the idea of, of collecting checks versus putting money in. So it, it does take a little bit of time and effort with some people. Mm. Do you work with their kids as well to bring them into the process? Of course. Yeah. So that's, that's important. You know, Obviously, with a little bit of an age difference, I don't necessarily socialize in these networks with retirees, not naturally, but I know they're kids for the most part. And, and mm-hmm. so by engaging the children or sometimes the grandchildren with the plan, it makes for a much more comfortable conversation throughout the entire process. I try to make sure that everyone is on the same page throughout the various generations, because not only does that make the client, the retiree more comfortable, but also, God forbid, something were to happen to that client, then the transfer issues become a lot more comfortable as well. It's just a lot more efficient. It's a lot easier to handle if multiple generations are on the same page. So one of the things that I always emphasize with a retiree is, hey, I need to be introduced to the next of kin, whether that's you know, your kids or your grandkids or your nephew or whoever's next. I want to make sure that they know who I am because again, if God forbid something were to happen, they're going to be calling me and I want to make sure that we already have a relationship and that they understand that there's a plan in place for that. It's not just, we're not just winging it at that point. You're working with people just beginning. You're working with people beginning to wind down. What are some of the overall personality traits that you find you work best with in these diverse groups? Yeah. So even though the groups are very different, the segments are very different, you know, the, the personality traits that I like to work with are exactly the same in both segments. So first of all, I want to make sure that I'm working with people who are motivated and that, and that might seem pretty basic, but you know, if I can't get you to have a conversation, if I can't bring you to the table and, and, you know, get you to buy into the plan and you're not motivated to, to make certain changes, then, you know, obviously we're not going anywhere. So motivation is a key factor. I also want to make sure that I'm working with people who value the plan a lot of work, a lot of training, a lot of time and and education and experience has gone into creating these plans for a client. And so I want to make sure that when I present that to a client, that they're going to, they're going to do it. They're going to follow it. You know, I want to work with people that recognize that they, they can't or, or, you know, they shouldn't be doing it alone. (laughs) Right. A lot of people feel that they are a jack of all trades. They have their day job, whether it's a, a dentist or whatever, but they also are a stock picker on the side. Well, that's nice and dandy, but it's very hard to do that well consistently over a long period Mm -hmm. of time. And so I want to make sure that I'm working with people that realize that they shouldn't be doing it alone and and they probably can't. I also value clients that can communicate in an open fashion, right? I, I need them to be an open book. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Some, sometimes that can be difficult at first, but, you know, I really try to create an atmosphere of, of trust when I'm meeting with a client that you can tell me everything that you need to tell me. And, and that's important because if I don't have all of the details from your side of the table, then I, I obviously can't create the best plan for you. 
right? If I don't have all the details, how could you? And so I want to make sure that uh, there's an open line of communication and, and that people are willing to share all of the details. You know, one of the things that I always try to convey to a client is, is my profession is really not that dissimilar to, to that of your doctor. You know, if, if you're going to the doctor because you have some sort of issue that you want them to, you know, look at, would you only share some of your symptoms with your doctor? Of course not. You, you want to make sure that they know everything so that they can make the best judgment for, for the you know, right course of action. And that's the same with me, right? I need to make sure I know everything so that I can prescribe, for lack of a better term, the best plan. And then too, you've got to have a client that's willing to take your advice, I would think. Of course, yeah. yes. This is, for me, this is the most frustrating thing that I can run into. I, I don't run into it a whole lot. Right. But if I run into a client or a prospect that listens to the advice, we go through the planning process, we figure out, you know, where they're trying to get, I come up with a great plan of how we're going to try to get them there. And then they don't take the advice. That for me is the most frustrating thing that can derail a, a relationship. Right. right. right? And, and again, going back to that doctor analogy, if you go through the work of going to see your doctor and they do all the tests and they, they do everything they need to do and they prescribe you with a certain medication and, and, a, and a course of treatment would you not take it? So, you know, for me, I'm doing the same thing for a client and, and for a client that's not willing to follow the advice or take the advice, then, you know, you're probably going to be served better elsewhere. I, I just can't accept the fact that you're paying me for advice and you're not taking it. So, you know, I definitely want to make sure that we're working with people who can, can take the advice when it's given. One of the other things I'll, I'll mention is I want to work with people that have similar values. I want to work with good people who are fun to work with, who kind of share the same values that I do. And this seems pretty obvious, but you know, if our personalities aren't compatible, it's not going to work. You obviously want to work with someone that you like. I want to work with someone that I like. We want to make sure that we have a good open line of communication. We want to make sure that we enjoy meeting with one another. And if we don't like each other, that's obviously not going to work. Right. So similar values is important as well. Something that I cherish with my clients. Earlier, you mentioned consultants understand the process that you use and they make, they make good uh, clients. What are some of the other specific professions that really seem to value your advice? Sure. Yeah. And consultants are you know, probably the reason why I brought them up first is, is they understand that there's a process. They understand what it's like to assess a problem and to provide guidance. That's what they do, obviously. And, and that's what I do. And so I think that's why consultants uh, are some of my best clients. The medical professionals, it's very similar as well. You know, they understand what it's like to take someone's vitals, to, to make a diagnosis and, and to then prescribe, you know, medication or a course of action. Again, that's what I do. And so I think that's why I work so well with those types of clients. I have a very educational type of approach, I feel, or at least I've been told. And so I think that's why Working with folks in the field of education is, is uh, one of my major segments of clients. The, the do-it-yourselfers, I call them, or the people that are doing it on their own and come to me because they can't do it anymore. You know, I like working with them and they like working with me because it's entertaining for them, right? You know, they've always <laughs> shared this passion of doing it. But now that they're working with a, a professional that does it, you know, for, you know, a living, they're learning. Right. And, and right. They, they find out different tricks of the trade, so to speak, and they find out new strategies that they never knew about, or they find out, you know, really why planning makes so much sense. And so those do-it-yourselfers come to me and they really enjoy the client advisor relationship. 
you know, what's funny is it's not easy to work with uh, some folks. And those are the people that already know it all, right? You know, (laughs) I can't work with people that already know it all because I can't teach them anything. And and they typically don't like taking the advice. So again, that's, that's probably the one segment of, of client that I just can't work with. And then why do you feel you help them the best? Well, these people give me feedback. Consultants, it's natural. It's part of their profession, right? So I, I get feedback from them, mostly good, uh, but also, you know, sometimes just it's it's uh, it's constructive criticism as well. And that's important for any type of relationship. I need to know how I'm doing. I need to know that what I'm suggesting is resonating with you. And if I can do it differently or in a better way, then, you know, it's helpful for me to understand that and know that. So these clients that I'm mentioning, they, they give feedback, which is great and good or bad. It, it always helps. These people accept and they, they implement my advice. As I've been saying, that's key to the relationship. So, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why I think that I help them the best. And one of the other reasons why I, I am confident that these people cherish the relationship is, is that these are the people that are referring me the most. And, and I know I've said it in the past, in, uh, in past podcasts, but the biggest compliment that I can get is when a client refers me to a friend or family member or loved one or colleague, because that shows me that the, that the referring client really appreciates and values what we're doing together. And so, you know, I know it's kind of corny. People say it all the time, but a referral is, is, you know, the biggest compliment you can give, but Mm -hmm. that's absolutely the case when you're referring me to someone and I, I can then provide value to them. That is definitely, you know, the best thing that I can get as an advisor from a client. Well, what do you do for your clients that you think other advisors might not be doing? So that's a, that's a bit of a loaded question, right? But, you know, mm. and, and there's really no way that I can say this for sure. There's really no way of substantiating this. But based off of my own observations over the years and, and discussions with, with clients and other advisors and professionals in, in my industry through, throughout my career, my guess is my educational approach makes a big difference and is, is kind of a differentiator. You know, I want to make sure that my clients know what we're doing, why we're doing it, and, and what to expect as we're doing it. Because again, if, if there is an element of doubt one way or the other, whether it's early on in a, in a plan or you know, later in the plan, if there's any element of doubt, then it just kind of, it, it sits in the back of your mind and it snowballs into the point where you're losing sleep over it. And then you start doubting everything and then the trust breaks down. And so I really do my best to continually educate my clients on what we're doing, why we're doing it and why it's essential to, to the plan. Mm-hmm. So another way that I think I kind of set myself apart from other advisors is the comprehensive nature of the work that we're doing. Right. I, I tell a prospect that I want to be a one-stop shop and, and deal with everything that pertains to their financial well-being. Okay. I want to make it as easy as possible for that client. And I want to basically handle everything and take everything that, that I can off their shoulders so that they don't have to worry about anything. I, I joke and I tell people anything that deals with a money sign in your financial world, I can help with and should be helping with. And so overall, my goal is to allow you to live your life, to raise your family, to progress through your career without having to worry about all of these things that we're doing on my side, right? You're hiring me as the quarterback for your, you know, wealth management plan. And, and it's, it's very important that we, uh, that we handle things in a comprehensive nature. Now, if the listener believes they are this ideal client, 
how should they get in touch with you? Well, obviously you can simply reach out to me, whether it's through my email or the phone number or the website, you know, those are very easy. From there, I'll typically send an initial consultation questionnaire, and then we basically begin the process. I get a lot of clients that will refer me to somebody. And the best way for, for handling that is, is through an email introduction historically, or, you know, now, and one of the reasons why we're doing these podcasts is now you can actually say, Hey, go listen to episode number one, listen to my guy, right? You go tune in the mic when mm -hmm. you have a minute and you know, this podcast, that one in particular is designed to help my clients refer me easily. It's very simple to say, Hey, you know, I got a guy they're doing, we're doing great work together. If you need some help, you know, he might be a good fit. Go listen to episode number one and see if, uh, see if you think so as well. And so that's been a way for people to refer me. And so far, so good. It's, it's been, uh, it's been a great ride already. All right. How about the website, the phone number? Give me more, give me more information here on how they can get sure. you. Sure. The website is michaeldukovich.com and that's D-U-K-O-V-I-C-H. The email is michael.dukovich at rbc.com. And the phone number is 724-933-4446. And that's my direct office line. So if I'm available, I'll pick up. If I'm not, if I'm in a meeting or on another call, leave a message and I will get back to you. All right. And how about some quick insights into upcoming episodes? We're going to start digging into what I'll call the, the next phase of the podcast, where it's going to be financial education. I'm going to address a lot of the topics that people think that they should know more about, whether it's kind of finance 101 or some of the more complicated financial issues. And, and again, my goal is to help demystify the topics that people think they should know, know about, but don't. I'm also going to start interviewing experts. So the first one is going to be an estate attorney. We're going to talk about the various things that you should have in place, whether you're a young professional or retiree or, or anywhere in between. I have a real estate expert lined up, travel agent lined up, a nutritionist, some life coaches. So we're going to really dive in with some experts on some, some more specific topics as well. That sounds really intriguing. I can't wait. And that is Michael Dukovich of RBC Wealth Management. To stay on top of new episodes of Mike's Beyond Your Money podcast, just use the subscribe button on this page, and you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Your Money podcast with financial advisor Mike Dukovich. Make sure you click the subscribe button now so you will be notified when new podcasts are released. If you want to know more about working with Mike, please call 724-933-4446 or visit michaeldukovich.com. It's your money. It's your life. Take control. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. All opinions and estimates constitute the speaker's judgment as of the date of this recording and are subject to change without notice and are provided in good faith but without legal responsibility. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial services provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.
RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investment should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including the possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC.